You are now tuned in to From Underdog to Top Dog with James Helms, a podcast for underdogs who hit the bottom and are ready to climb their way to the top. Welcome to Underdog to Top Dog. I'm your host, James Helm. This is the fourth episode of the podcast called Trim the Fat. Look, I'm going to keep this real simple. This single framework I'm going to teach you in this podcast probably had the single biggest effect on me changing my life in 2016. As many of you know, I pressed the restart button on my life. I was a person who through 25 years old was addicted to drugs, couldn't look himself in the mirror, didn't have any self-respect, claimed he had goals but was making no progress towards them, and in a matter of three and a half years, I've transformed my life into a completely different person into someone that I'm proud to say is a success, someone that helps other people and has his own successful businesses, right? And this one thing I'm gonna teach you in this podcast helped me get there. And that concept is called trimming the fat. And I'm gonna give you a three-step framework to trim the fat, but let me specify why this is so important. So when you're going through any process of change, the people that you surround yourself with have such a fundamental impact on your ability to make that change. The best example I can possibly give you has to do with 12-step programs. I got sober. Addiction was the thing that was holding me back. And I believe that a 12-step program works not because of the 12 steps, not because of the books that they provide, but just because they surround you with a community of people that are on the same mission that have the same purpose. You have one common goal and that goal is to get another day sober. And the power of the room, the power of the people, the power of the common mission is what propels people to have a lasting and sustainable impact on their own lives. They might've tried for years to get sober and never could. And once they're around themselves, they surround themselves with other people that are sober, all of a sudden it's like, boom, they can do it. That same principle applies to you in every area of your life. If you want to be successful in business, you need to be around other people that are successful in business. If you want to be successful physically, you need to hang around other people that work out. And you might be listening to this podcast and say, hey, James, James, look, this is common sense. But common sense isn't always common practice. And I would bet that if you audit your text messages, which is the first step of this framework, you're going to find people who aren't on your wavelength, who just aren't on your wavelength. The first step of this framework is to check in, to see how you're doing with this, to see, oh, who are the people that I'm talking to most every day? The second step of the framework, after we've identified through our text messages who we're communicating with is this side, the five people that are on our wavelength, that challenge us to become a better person, to grow, to become a leader, to chase our dreams. Maybe it's the five most ambitious people in your life. And the third step of the framework is to set boundaries with those people who aren't moving in the same direction. So let's back it up. Let's audit your text messages. So let me tell you a little bit about my story. When I started to get sober, right, it was August of 2016, I hadn't told many people about what I was doing. I wasn't sure yet, and to be completely honest, you can't tell people that you're someone who doesn't drink anymore, and then two months later say, 
Oh yeah, that thing, nah, nah, I just changed my mind. Then all of a sudden you're the guy with the problem, right? So I was really just kind of waffling back and forth whether this was someone, I think I had told you know my mom and dad and maybe two people, but I really hadn't told the majority of my quote unquote friends at the time. That being said, my text messages would flood in from not only drug dealers, but just people I used to party with, letting me know, hey, what's going on? It's Friday night. What, where are we going? Where are the girls at, right? Saturday night, same deal. Even weeknights, because that's how I was living. And I just made up excuses. I would say, ah, tonight I have this, or I'm out of town, or I'm not able to. And the most amazing thing happened. When I declined to hang out with them enough times in a row, they stopped reaching out to me. That simple. They stopped reaching out to me. You don't necessarily need to tell people in your life that you're cutting them out, that you're changing your life. You just need to take the action, right? And the action is if you have a goal, if you have a mission, if you have you know, some type of purpose, it requires discipline and consistency. And so you can't be one person who has this dream, who has this mission, who's laser focused and hungry and, you know, screaming on Instagram how you're going to not only change your life, but change the life of your kids. And then when Friday night, Saturday night, Tuesday night rolls around, be that guy who acts like they don't really give a fuck, right? You can't be those two people. I tried to be both those people. Trust me. It doesn't work. And when I started, when I made that initial transition, it was hard. I had a huge fear of missing out. When I would get a text message that something big was going down, something that was exciting, or a text message from a girl I wanted to date that was going to this party, it was sad. It was tough to stay home. It was tough to spend that night at the gym, spend that night reading a book, spend that night with my family. But after a while, it got easier. That beginning process is going to be tough. But trust me, the juice is worth the squeeze. The last thing I want to say about auditing your text message is there some, seems to be some rule, some general principle that we have that when people are our childhood friends or maybe we became friends in our teens or in our early 20s, maybe it was at college, whatever it was, that those are my lifetime friends. That I spend so much time with this person that I owe an obligation to them for the rest of my life. That I'm going to be you know, going back and forth via text. I'm going to be in the group message. I'm going to make time to see them. I'm here to give you permission today that there is no obligation. That if that person that was a friend once in your life isn't currently on your same wavelength, you don't need to make time for them. There's no obligation there. That was hard for me to swallow at the beginning, and I think it was hard for some of my friends. Now, I still have those relationships. That's the beautiful thing. I still have those relationships, but I keep them at arm's length. If my friends are going down to Seattle on the weekend, I'm not doing that. That's not you know, where I'm at, is going out Friday, Saturday nights you know, till 2 in the morning. It's just not where I'm at right now in my life. We're on different terms. I can still have love for them. I can still look back at our shared experiences and want to have them at my wedding someday, but it doesn't mean that I need to spend time with them. You just don't have to do it. The second thing, part of this framework I want to tell you about is to identify the five people that are on your wavelength. 
One of my friends and mentors, Nehemiah Davis, talks about everybody in his life being entrepreneurs, being successful. And I remember the first time I heard that, it actually made me sad. Because at that point in my life, I didn't have people in my life that were entrepreneurs. People in my life that had big goals. I just didn't. All I had were my friends that I grew up with. Most of my friends, those friends, they liked Jake. If you, if you listen to my uh, previous episode called Unleash the Warrior Within, Jake is the identity that I had growing up. I went by Jake and I used that name to reference who that person was. That was the scared kid who did drugs, who couldn't look himself in the mirror. A lot of the people that I were friends with that were in my text messages were friends with Jake. They weren't top dog friends, right? They weren't somebody who was determined, somebody who was sure of himself, somebody who had a mission, a drive to be incredibly successful. No, they weren't friends with that person. But I remember back in 2016, even then, I had two or three people that I could really point to. People that I were like, you know, I admire this person. This guy's got it going on, right? He truly cares. He truly wants to help people. Oh my God, he wakes up so early in the morning. He's so consistent and so disciplined. At some point, you might even resent them because you're like, how does this guy do it? How does he do it? Those are the people you want to surround yourself with. Now again, for me, that was just two people. I remember writing down the names. I was trying to come up with five because the saying is you are the five people you surround yourself with. And I couldn't come up with five people that I legit wanted to be like. I had two. Maybe you only have two. Think about it right now. Between all your friends and your family members, who do you admire? Who do you respect? It doesn't have to just be because they're financially successful. It might be because they're a great parent. It might be because they're a devout follower of Jesus. Whatever you admire about them, get out your notepad. Write them down. Try to come up with five, but if you can't come up with five, again, it's okay. You will get your five. But this episode is called Trimming the Fat. And what I'm here to tell you is that before you can start adding people on, what you need to do is start cutting people out. Which leads to the third step of this framework, which is to set boundaries with those people who aren't moving in the same direction. And I'll be real with you. This is the hardest part. You got to cut your circle small before you build. I'll tell you a story and, and this, is, this is as raw as it gets. When I decided not to go to the big corporate law firm, I had to block my parents' numbers. I put out a video on social media right after I decided not to go to the law firm. I think I, I told the owner of the law, corporate law firm the day before. The next day, I put a video on social media and I explained my rationale. I said, hey, look, I know this is a great opportunity. They're offering me 120000 but I'm not going to go. It's not what I feel in my heart I'm meant to do. I have another purpose. I have another mission. And I'm scared. And I don't know the future. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But I'm going to take a chance on myself. And I'm going to go for it anyway. And my own parents, because they were so scared, They reacted in a crazy manner. They called me names. They called my phone over and over again. 
It got to a point where I needed to block their numbers. My own parents. Now today, me and my mom and dad, we have a great relationship. I love them to death. But when I look back on that moment, blocking their numbers was the right move. I was my own man. I was going to make my own decisions. And I couldn't let their scarcity mindset, their fear, impact me when I was at a crucial point. And I told them, hey, I love you to death, but this is my decision. And get on board or get off the wagon. That was hard. I cried a lot. But it was the right call. Family members are the hardest ones to cut, but they may also be the people that are holding you back the most. Now, this doesn't have to be a block their phone number situation. It can be an arm's length distance. It can be spending a little bit less time around them. It can be going to one meal a week or picking up your kid when you're supposed to. Spending the time that you don't have a choice, that you know you have to spend around that person. But you don't need to engage in their bullshit. You just don't. And if you're ready to change your life, if you're in a moment where you're like, this is time for me to make the change, I'm telling you that putting that person at arm's length might be what you need to do. Thank you for tuning in to Underdog to Top Dog. This episode was called Trim the Fat. I really hope that you guys take action on this. As I said in the beginning of the podcast, this was the single biggest thing I look back into 2016, 2017 that led to me making such a big change in my life. That led to me pressing the restart button was that I changed the people that I surround myself with. Not just when it came to sobriety, not just not hanging out with the drug dealer, but I started to bring in people in my life that I admired, that I respected, and I rose to their level. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Share it to the world. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Top Dog, signing out.